Hey, welcome to the Urban Crofters podcast. We're a church family based in Roth, Cardiff, seeking to connect, create, and transform the community around us, kingdom style. We hope you enjoy. This is Bono. He's a lead singer of U2. He's also the co-founder of the One Foundation and Red. One has been incredibly influential in getting Western or wealthy governments to forgive debts of poor countries as in the Jubilee 2000 movement. Also to get them to give uh, aid towards healthcare, like the $15 billion that George W. Bush and his government pledged to fight against AIDS in Africa um, and also uh, other countries in helping the poor countries to raise up in business. And that's where red comes in because it's a conscientious capitalism and uses uses uh, selling red items and experiences to donate money to the Global Fund, which then goes to fighting AIDS. And they have donated uh, $650 million so far, and their grants have helped over 180 million people. The Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., civil rights activist. Do I even need to tell you who this guy is? Florence Nightingale, pioneer of modern nursing, founded the first nursing schools and also in getting sanitation and cleanliness in hospitals. Strive Masiwa, I'm going to uh, destroy his name, but he's the founder of Econet Global uh, Telecom. He's a billionaire. And he's also known as Africa's greatest philanthropist, Kyung Chuk Han. He's the co-founder of World Vision, hasn't really received the credit until a recent Christianity Today article, but uh, World Vision is considered one of the greatest and, and um, relief agencies in the world. And all of these are Christians. These, every single one of the people I showed you are strong Christians who received and implemented Holy Spirit inspired solutions to big problems. So God gave them ideas and gave them the opportunities to implement them and they have had world changing effects. So this brings me to the prophecy that we've been looking at, that there will be increased favor on the church to provide solutions where secular powers and authorities have run out of ideas. Projects will spring up all over the British Isles led by the church, which bring freedom, innovation, and creative solutions to social issues, as well as business initiatives that provide jobs and stability to local economies. Young leaders, future Daniels and Josephs, are ready to come out to the light above ground. Pray for them, find them, nurture them, commission them, and be ready for them. They have new ideas for wealth creation, technology, pharmacology, engineering that will prove that will reduce dependence on the tertiary economy to provide jobs. Keep this in mind as we start talking about empowering that creative activity, that particular line there. So how does that happen? Well, oftentimes it starts with a divine connection. You meet someone and there's something that kind of sparks something, but maybe nothing really comes of it until later. And then there's a divine appointment. 
where things start to move. You get reconnected. Things start to happen. And that leads into a divine opportunity. And that's where we can take those opportunities and then implement them. And we can look, if you look back at the lives of all those people I mentioned, you can find that there were divine connections that led to divine appointments that then led to these divine opportunities that you now hear about. And we see this with Joseph. So in, in Genesis chapter 41, which is a long chapter, we're not going to read it all, I'm going to summarize it. But I want you to notice that, in, that it says, when two full years had passed... Now, what's that two full years about? Well, Joseph was still in prison and he had met a baker that was in prison and a cupbearer and he interpreted their dreams. One was that the baker was going to die and the other was the cupbearer was going to go back into Pharaoh's service. And he said, remember me when you go back into Pharaoh's service. Well, guess what? The cupbearer forgot. So probably over those two years, I don't think Joseph was sitting around the whole two years going, oh, I hope he comes, I hope he comes. Probably kind of gave up, maybe forgot about it, got back into uh, the work at the prison, and off he goes. But then one day, Pharaoh had a dream, where out of the Nile came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed among the reeds. And after them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the riverbank. And the cows that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek, fat cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again and had a second dream. Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk. And after them, seven other heads of grain sprouted, thick and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy, full heads. Then Pharaoh woke up. It had been a dream. And this sets into motion the divine appointment. Because in the morning, he was troubled, and his magicians, and nobody, could, nobody could interpret this dream. And then the chief cupbearer said to Joseph, so here comes the divine appointment. He's like, oh, I remembered my shortcomings. See, there was this Hebrew guy, and he interpreted my dreams, and I'm alive because, you know, he had this dream and interpreted it. And I was restored to my position, and the other man was impaled. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. Okay, so here is the divine appointment. And this divine appointment is going to bring two opportunities. So Pharaoh says, I had this dream. You know, no one could interpret it. And Joseph says, very significantly, I cannot do it. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. He gives God the glory in it. And you see this with all these people who have been able to do these amazing things and get these strategies and these solutions. They give glory to God in the midst of it. So he Pharaoh tells him the dream. And Joseph get, has the first opportunity to give him the interpretation of the dream and to give him the divine strategy. And he says that the seven, the seven good cows are seven years and seven lean cows are seven bad years, worthless heads. They're going to have seven years of famine. And then he tells him that you need to gather and get commissioners and do all this. So he gives a solution of what needs to happen in those seven years so that you're ready for those seven years of famine. And then Pharaoh 
gives him another opportunity. And he's like, well, who else? You know, can we find anyone like this man in whom is the spirit of God? So it's like, look, since God has made all this known, so he recognizes God in him. He says, let's, you're going to do this. So this is his next opportunity. And he, and of course, Joseph takes the opportunity during those seven years of abundance. He goes all around Egypt, gathers the food in the cities. It's, it is like the, it's, as the Bible says here, it's like the sand of the sea that there's so much grain. It was immeasurable, right? And then the famine comes and that's another talk. But what we see is that he took that opportunity when he was standing before Pharaoh, when God gave that opportunity, or when God gives you that opportunity to stand before rulers, before synagogues or authorities. Now, this is about defending yourself and in, in times of persecution, but I think it also holds water when we're getting those divine opportunities. Do not worry about how you'll defend yourselves or what you'll say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. And so Jesus tells us that when we're in, whether it's a difficult situation where you got to defend your life, but even I think when it comes to these creative solutions, the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time even what you should say. So when when I was given this topic, well, when Will asked me to take this topic and I finally said yes, because I really didn't want to take it, um, but he convinced me, I, I thought immediately of when I went to this conference in Russia in 1994 that the International Christian Chamber of Commerce hosted. I was interpreting for um, an evangelist I was working with. It was it was held at the Lenin Academy for Atheistic Sciences in Moscow. I mean, how crazy is that? This was a crazy time of revival in, in Russia. And also, I was also there with some friends of mine, Alyona Isakova and Larisa Babayeva, who had a fashion company and had a vision uh, from God for an haute couture collection. And God gave them a divine connection and a divine appointment. But I'm going to let Alyona tell you the story herself as she told it to the 700. Believing that the fashion world and her new faith were not compatible, she closed her shop. But God had plans. And around that time, Eliona said he gave her a vision of gowns depicting the Bible and life of Jesus. I saw such a beautiful collection. Represents creation, how Jesus was born, crucifixion and resurrection. And I saw dresses. I truly realized it's according from heaven. In Russia in the early 90s, even food was hard to come by, let alone fine fabrics. But trusting God to provide a way for combining faith and fashion, she and a Christian friend started their own company, Favor Fashion House. We borrow $300 in the bank, and we start company because God told us, and God used it, and we have clients, and we share with all clients about Jesus. Aliona still dreamed of creating the biblical collection, but funds for such an ambitious project were out of reach. Then she received an unexpected message from a Swiss businessman she'd met at a fashion show. Every morning, God talking me about you. We must to have a meeting. He decided to fund her collection 
And over the next four years, Eliona and her team created over 50 gowns using only the best fabrics and materials. Our collection, it's for his glory, the best of the best. And I believe if Christians create more perfect stuff for his glory, we can catch more secular people. She's shown the collection at events all over the world and in numerous media appearances. More importantly, she no longer creates out of fear to please an audience as she once did. Instead, Aliona creates as an act of worship. So Aliona had the divine connection to come to, with the ICCC and to put on her fashion show at that uh, conference that I mentioned in 1994. That's where she had the divine appointment and I guess divine uh, connection with Leonard, who then, who, who used to sell um, Airbuses, he's since passed away, who basically spent his fortune for this collection and helping them to go all over the world. They started in Israel, they went uh, to, to Australia, and they even went to Cardiff in the, in the year 2000, and uh, I believe it was the city hall, but they they did it before the the Welsh Senate at the time, uh, even here in Cardiff. But I think that the Lord brought up the ICC to me, not to tell you just about Leona, but for a different reason. Think about that prophetic word. And now this is the International Christian Chamber of Commerce's uh, purpose statement. Our purpose is to encourage and equip Christians proclaiming and inspiring, to break free, heed prophetic inputs, move on, and take bold steps by faith, and then equipping and training to grow and mature through grace in wisdom, truth, and revelation, serving and supporting to live a supernatural walk of faith in rest. So as I looked at this, and I thought, okay, God, you gave me that connection in 1994. Maybe you've got a divine appointment for our young leaders or for other people in the marketplace or even myself in the marketplace here in 2021. And I thought, and I prayed, Lord, I'd love to have uh, someone from the ICCC to interview on as part of this talk. Um, and so I, I got onto their website, the UK website, and got onto their Facebook page and messaged. And I thought, they're not going to respond to this message. Well, I got a response right away. And I had a divine appointment with Cheryl Br Broom. She was the one who responded to the message. And she suggested a video with a structural engineer that they have as their um, uh, transforming faith in the marketplace series uh, a transforming lives I think it's called and he tells these stories about how God gave him these solutions and dreams to building a Chinese skyscraper and to uh, load issues in um, underground uh, rail works uh, in in London so but I wanted her and she's amazing. She is the uh, UK member of the board for the ICCC. She's director of battery technologies, which uh, ships industrial batteries, sells industrial batteries all over the UK. Uh, 
um, and also has started hiring forklifts. She's also the discipleship leader at Crofts End Church. Yes, there is another Crofters Church in Bristol. They have a Crofters Coffee uh, House or a cafe. They also act as a, a community hub. And so I'm wondering, okay, Lord, maybe you're bringing a connection even between Urban Crofters and Crofts End. I know that she really loved our website and what we're doing. But first, I asked her for uh, one of her stories of how God has worked and given divine connections and appointments and opportunities to her. And so she, this is one of the stories that she shared. That week at church, um, I sat in the service and... I'll be honest, I cannot remember the sermon at all. <laughs> but all that I kept going through my mind, I felt the Holy Spirit was saying to me about how our Father in Heaven gives us good gifts to those that ask Him. And then I started thinking about my kids. Uh, I think all mums will be able to relate to this. When they're little and they grow out of their shoes, they tell you, Mum, I need a new pair of shoes. And then they're expecting you to go to Clark's there and then. <laughs> And, you know, they don't ask if there's money in the bank. Can you afford it? It's like, I need new school shoes. Let's go. And uh, some way or another, us mums always manage to, you know, provide the shoes and, and get them on their feet, even if we have to go short somewhere else. And I was thinking about this and it just really seemed to intensify. And uh, when I got home, I felt so challenged by God that I needed to ask him not for a new pair of shoes, but for a brand new van. So I shared this with my husband. The business bank account had £119.20 in it. And I said to him, I feel really challenged. I said, do you know what sort of van we need? And he knew straight away he had a speck of a van in the office, a bright red one. And it cost approximately 16000 at the time. So I said, right, book an appointment at the showroom. We're going to go and order one. And he was like, you've been serious. So I said, yeah, I am. God's challenged me to ask him. So we sat there in the kitchen and we prayed together and said, Lord, we need, we don't want, we need a new van to do this job, to do the work that you've given us to do. Um, so if you really are the good father you say you are, we're demanding like our kids demand shoes, a new, <laughs> a new van, please. <laughs> and so we booked an appointment at the local uh, Citroen dealer. We went in. And we said to the guy, could we uh, find out how much this costs? He told us how much it costs. And I said, when could we have it if we ordered it? He said, oh, he said, I'm really sorry. Said, There's a 16 week wait. I said, that's OK. Knowing in my mind, we have got no money whatsoever for this. <laughs> so he said, uh, when we were finished, what would you like to do? So we looked at each other and he said, we'll order it. Uh, he said, oh, you need to pay a deposit today of £100. So... <laughs> I had the company checkbook with me. I wrote it out and we walked away and we looked at each other and said, what have we done? <laughs> but in faith, we were believing that God would bless us with this fan. Obviously, there were 16 weeks to go. So we wasn't too you know, concerned that day. Uh, that actual week, we had a business guy that we know phone us and say, how's business going? Um, just to try and encourage us, really. And Mike had said to him, you won't believe what me and Cheryl have done. And uh, he shared it with him and he just burst out laughing. He said, you two are crazy. <laughs> so when they finished talking, he said, uh, do you know what? He said, um, I want to lend you some money. 
So Mike said, what do you mean? He said, I want to lend you £10,000, interest-free, no terms, no strings attached. And as long as you pay it off in, say, two or three years, um, I'm happy. And so we were like, gosh, uh, but there was still, you know, a little bit extra to pay as well. Um, Another order came in and uh, basically we borrowed this money from this businessman. Um, We took that as a green light from God. But I was I hate loans. I really didn't want to do it. But I knew in my spirit I needed to accept it. We paid that loan off in six months because of the work we had. So we didn't owe him anything. We paid for the van outright in six months. Um, When we went in to order it, there's no way we would have imagined having you know having that provision so quickly but one of the things I did at the beginning um when we put the deposit down the the the, the showroom gave us a magazine with the spec of the van and I put that van picture by my um laptop in the office and every day I would thank God for his provision and that that van would be ours and uh, lo and behold it was very quickly (laughs) So there you go. Here's a a story of how God had given them a prophetic vision for their business. They needed the van and God gave a divine connection with with this person who actually is their, I believe their mentor, but is also from the ICCC because they have mentoring programs and gave them a call to see how the, the business was going. There's a divine appointment. God speaks to him. They get a £10,000 loan, and within six months, they have enough business to pay it off. But that is not also the reason that I believe that God had put ICCC uh, in my in my head and in, on my heart when uh, Will asked me to do this talk. And Because there's another interesting aspect of uh, ICCC, and that was their conference and how they ended up in Wales. So I'll, again, I'll let Cheryl tell you the story. Just going back the last couple of years before the lockdown started, we were praying about where to have our next conference and uh, we really felt strongly, uh, God give us Wales. And um, we hadn't been to Wales before as a, as a, as a marketplace ministry. Um, and so we started to ask where, and God said, Cardiff. And so we sowed a lot of time, prayer and uh, efforts into that. We didn't actually end up having the conference physically in Wales. However, we did. A couple of the directors went out before the lockdown, just before, literally. And we was able to connect with a number of pastors, a number of businesses. Um, we've been able to develop some really good relationships with people in Wales. And they were just bowled over with the fact that we as an organisation wanted to take love and serve them in whatever you know whatever way we possibly could um they just felt really um just blown away by the love i think more than anything and so we've even had people join and take up membership in the last year uh because of the the training and the equipping that we give people because we really want to encourage people in the marketplace to live out daily that faith walk 
that you know it's not just about Sundays it's about Monday through to Sunday and having the manifestations of God operating on a day-to-day basis and and hearing God talk to you about your business and get strategies from God in the way forward so not everybody gets taught that or hears that kind of stuff and so ICCC has been a really good platform for, for getting this out there to people. And that's so amazing. And you, you said that um, Sound of Wales was part of your worship. For that. Yeah, yeah, we was really blessed because uh, it, they wasn't actually, um, I hadn't heard of them before. Uh, they weren't top of our list of uh, who to get in to do the worship. But one after an, another of people that we invited were already double booked or they couldn't make it. And uh, it was almost by default, but we were so glad that we got them. It was like, it was so right. You know, we were supposed to be in Wales and we had this prophetic Welsh um, group able to, to minister with us. And it was just, uh, it was really, it was really quite a momentous time. We, we really had a good time with them and they really blessed us in the conference. And so although we didn't go there to Cardiff, we do feel like spiritually we've been to Cardiff and had an impact. And we've now got, you know, friends in Cardiff uh, aligned with us. And, and also, you know, we haven't stopped praying because we we heard about the prophetic words about Wales while we were sound, spying out the land, as it were. And we got excited about that, that we would we were obviously hearing God and we were in the right place. And obviously we've been sowing our prayers into Wales for the last two years. Uh, so it's been it's been really exciting. And then connecting with you uh, just yesterday, um, <laughs> it, it, that really, you know, ticked another box. Like, great, God's in this. So lest you think that I'm only giving uh, this as a, a shameless plug for the International Christian Chamber of Commerce and not a talk about Joseph, I want you to think about, as I said, what what they can do and their their role in nurturing these future Daniels and Josephs, commissioning them and being ready for them and helping them along the way. Um, but, you know, not only the ICCC, but certainly there are other organizations. But this is the only organization that um, I know of in the UK that really uh, implements the, the prophetic vision and um, in, 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 in business. So I'm actually going to give them one final plug. They have a conference this Friday and Saturday on Zoom. But again, I'm going to let Cheryl speak. Yep, the conference is Business Unlimited. And the title this year that God give us is Here is Love. It's, um, for those that don't know, it's a title of a very well-known old hymn um, that was sung all through the Welsh revivals, Here is Love, Vast as the Ocean. Uh, it's quite an unusual title for one of our business conferences, but that's what God give us. So that's what it's called. Um, and uh, when you look at the origins of who wrote it and why he wrote it, um, that will give you a little inkling, I think, about what God wants to impress on everybody at the conference. But the conference is the 12th Friday night and the 13th of March, uh, most of Saturday. Uh, all of our speakers that we've got, have got a prophetic edge to them they're all going to be bringing something very unique to the table and it's going to be a a massive feast <laughs> so uh anyone that wants to come along then obviously please check out the links and the full brochure with all the information and the booking 
uh, registration will be there attached hopefully as well. Fantastic. Okay, thank you. So here is the website and you can check that out yourself. So to wrap up, we we're talking about empowering prophetic creativity, talking about divine connections that then with time can turn into divine appointments that then can turn into divine opportunities, which we can take and, and run with, or these young leaders we've talked about can take and run with to provide solutions in the marketplace, in uh, the creative world, and through, throughout different industries and um, sectors. But I would add one more thing, and that would be divine preparation which of course is what I've been talking about with ICC and networking and they have young professional programs and blah, blah, blah. But also when we look at, at Joseph, right? Because he didn't get the, the strategy and then become the administrator of all of Egypt, not having any skills. Where did he learn those skills? Potiphar's house and in prison. God trained him all those years. So oftentimes between that divine connection and divine appointment, there's going to be divine preparation. And that's where, where groups like the International Christian Chamber of Commerce can help. And I hope that we can make some more divine connections and turn those into divine appointments and opportunities with them uh, to see revival in Wales. So thank you very much. And here's a few questions for you to consider in your breakout groups. So one, share examples from your life or others of when God has brought a divine connection that led to a divine appointment, that led to a divine opportunity. Include also how God prepared you for that divine opportunity. Two, what are some areas of life, either locally, nationally, or globally, that prophetically creative solutions, sorry, that need prophetically creative solutions like God gave to Joseph. Three, do you find hearing about Christians such as Bono, Martin Luther King Jr., Florence Nightingale, I want to say Strive, Masiwa, Strive, I don't know, and Kyun Chik Han, intimidating or invigorating? Why? Do you see God encouraging you to be a Christian trailblazer like they have been, the, the divine connection that empowers Christian trailblazers, or some other role entirely? So I hope you enjoy your discussions and that God would bless you and give you divine connections, appointments, and opportunities this week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Urban Crofters podcast. To connect with more of who we are and what we do, visit our website at urbancrofters.co.uk or follow us on socials at urban underscore crofters.